deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch! Ball game! The Indians have won the American League pennant! The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series! Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Everybody, welcome back to Leading Off. This is Dan Kadar here, and of course I'm joined by Ryan Lewis. Ryan, how's it going today, buddy? It's going great. Still reeling from Game of Thrones, where we could probably do three hours, but that'll be that'll be maybe another another time. Yeah, look, if we'll you, talk some baseball here as <laughs> we uh, as we recover. If we were recording for our whole conversation, this would be an hour long podcast with about thirty minutes of Game of Thrones talk and about fifteen minutes of of baseball talking about 15 more minutes of, of Game of Thrones. So yeah, we'll circle back. We're going to circle back and cut this down to just talking about the Cleveland Indians here on leading off. We have a couple subjects to hit on today, so it's not going to be a super long podcast. We're going to talk today about uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez and, and what he has brought to the bullpen filling in for Mike Clevenger. We're going to talk about the Indians sending Greg Allen back to Columbus and bring Jordan Luplo back up to Cleveland. And we're going to touch a little bit on this big four-game series that the Indians split against the Houston Astros that happened starting last Thursday and through the weekend. It was a interesting series against one of the World Series contenders, so that makes them potential playoff opponents for the Indians. The Indians won the first two, the Astros won the second two, so we're going to touch on that series a little bit at the end, but Ryan, let's start with with Jeffrey Rodriguez. Now, he's started two games for the Indians. Of course, he's only 0-1, kind of out of his control why he is 0-1, but he's pitched, you know, a little over 12 innings. He's got a low ERA at 2.13, six strikeouts, two walks. In those two starts, so let me ask you this: You kind of detailed this a little bit in your last um, your last walk-off thoughts over at Ohio.com/Indians, talking about where he kind of is with the team while they have Adam Plutko coming back from injury. They're trying to stretch out Cody Anderson. Um, how Danny Salazar factors into that that mix, but to me. This, this guy, Jeffrey Rodriguez, has kind of shown he should be in the front of that group. Where, where would you put him if all things were equal with those four guys? Is Jeffrey Rodriguez the first one that gets the baseball? Yeah, I think he's earned it, at least in the short run. Uh, you know, if both things had been equal, if everybody was healthy, when Clevenger went down, Plucko very likely would have been the easy call-up. Mm-hmm. He's always been looked at as that, that sixth guy from that five-man rotation. Uh, but Jeffrey Rodriguez has definitely elevated himself. He's definitely put his name into that conversation, not just as a guy, but maybe the first guy to earn that uh, that call-up. So for the short run, uh, you know, the Indians aren't going to need a fifth starter until uh, next week, uh, at the end of the first week in May. Um, so they, they the off days that they've had have given them uh, a little bit extra time to kind of evaluate the situation. But for the short run, it looks like 
Uh, it will be Rodriguez. The interesting part is once Plucko and uh, uh, even Cody Anderson, once those guys are healthy, uh, lengthened out, and built up, then the Indians do really have some options to go to. Uh, you mentioned Danny Salazar. He, um, you know, he is still on a on a longer track period mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of the, the, just the window when he might be able to really return. Uh, definitely a, a wait and see scenario with the Indians right now and, and Salazar. And um, you know, he's continuing to throw bullpens. He's continuing to make some progress, but he's also reached the stage before. Uh, he's uh, you know he's had a really hard time kind of breaking through um, a, a certain stage and a certain level of uh, just ramping up his, his workload. So that's certainly a, a wait-and-see approach. But with Adam Plucko, as soon as he's ready from, from his forearm strain, he'll be an option. And Cody Anderson is back in the Columbus rotation. Uh, he's continuing to build up. He's continued to work his way back from Tommy John. So the Indians do have some options. But until Jeffrey Rodriguez uh, proves up otherwise with a, a poor start, He's been pretty solid. Uh, you know, his last outing came against the Marlins, which is not the most overpowering or imposing of lineups in baseball. That being said, um, you know, he's, he's shown some in, intriguing signs. He's got a fastball with some movement on it. His breaking pitches have been quality enough to keep hitters off balance. And he's, he's done a really nice job, and he's, he's kind of shown that, you know, he's uh, giving some positive signs from the Jan Gomes trade and giving the Indians another option. Uh, you know, as Mike Clevenger continues to work his way back, seems to be getting a little bit ahead of schedule, which is a, a positive sign for the Indians. But for the time being, you know, Rodriguez has pitched well, and they haven't really wanted to commit to, to anybody long term yet. But he's he's made his case, and and for the time being, uh, he's a, a very intriguing piece that the Indians can kind of move around if they want to later in the season. And uh, for now, uh, he's done well to uh, earn himself uh, another start or two. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned it, considering later on in the season, we, we've kind of intimated a time or two here on these podcasts of maybe at the trade deadline the Indians bring in a bat. And now you're, you're in a situation where, look, maybe Jeffrey Rodriguez can bring that bat here. Maybe now you're more open to trading Plitko, quite frankly, or maybe one of the you know five guys in this current Indians starting rotation could be a, a potential moved piece because you can now rely on this guy for something. Um, so in, in that regard, I, I think the Indians are maybe setting themselves up pretty well to have some type of nice trade asset now for the deadline. Do you think I'm, I'm right in that kind of thought, or am I jumping to conclusions too fast based on two starts? No, it's just something where... Uh, you know, the, the Indians having too many options is, is a good problem to have. You know, if they, if Rodriguez continues uh, to pitch at a high level, it, it just gives the Indians more flexibility to potentially pull the trigger on a move. And, you know, everything is, is kind of uh, pointing toward that July 31st deadline and, and the Indians kind of positioning themselves to make a move or two potentially dependent on who's playing well, who's not, pieces they can go out and get. Just all of those different factors kind of mixing in. So if, if Rodriguez continues to give them another piece in the rotation that they can count on, Shane Bieber continues to to pitch well and kind of take the step forward that he seems to be taking. Uh, Clevenger returns or is uh, you know on the right path to return by that point, which seems likely right now. It just gives the Indians additional flexibility, and that's that's something that will never be a bad thing, especially for a team that 
is dealing with some financial constraints. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll see. We'll continue watching what happens with the Indians' rotation here, and then, like you said, the July thirty first deadline coming up. The next topic this week: Greg Allen sent down to Columbus. Um, I gotta say, finally sent down to Columbus. The guy's only batting one hundred five this year, which is not good. They brought Jordan Luplo back up in nine games in Columbus. Luplo's hitting three fifty three. He's got a 1.094 OPS. Um, he looks good in AAA. Does does Lep low, but the major leagues, of course, is a different story. What are your thoughts on the Indians sending Greg Allen down and bringing Leplo back up? I think if you're if you're looking at it from a, a bigger season long perspective, not necessarily a roster construction standpoint on a daily basis, but if you're looking at it in terms of what the Indians might be doing. Uh, and how they might be trying to position themselves. Again, everything is, is, is kind of moving towards July 31st. That's the key date for the Indians. They made all, all of those moves in, in the offseason and it afforded them the ability to realign some resources, um, reallocate some resources, and it opened the door for a potential move that has yet to, to be made. And what that does is it does leave you you know, potentially exposed in certain spots on the roster, just in terms from a, a track record standpoint. Um, and some there, there are some question marks. It, guys could take steps forward. Guys could take steps back. Uh, you know, Greg Allen was one of those guys. Uh, you know, he's entering this season with a, a, a real focus on how he's going to adjust to pitchers and how the league's going to adjust to him. Uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, – can offer you some speed. He can offer you some uh, defensive flexibility. He's a switch hitter. There's some nice pieces there, but how he you know, was going to handle himself at the plate was a key part of that. Obviously, things uh, did not go well for Greg Allen. He's been sent down. And when you're looking at that outfield group as a whole, uh, Jordan Luplo is back up. And it seems like every year, though, there's one guy that tends to kind of create a fever pitch. And people began calling for his promotion. And it's not too long ago that I'm pretty sure Yandy Diaz could have been elected mayor of Cleveland. So there's <laughs> so much support, so much goodwill that he had built coming out of spring training. And this spring, that guy was Oscar Mercado, an outfielder, former shortstop. He was converted. He was brought in from the Cardinals. He's a really intriguing player. Um, not terribly unlike the mold of a Greg Allen. Uh, they're somewhat similar profiles. Some speed, some defense, um, and a little bit of offense. But Marcado had a fantastic spring to the point that, you know, Terry Francona said that the Indians at least had the conversation to take him with them out of camp, even though that would have started his service clock early. Um, and just all of those off the field factors, the bigger picture factors that kind of come into play in terms of service time and in terms of the Indians needing to find out what they have in certain guys before July 31st. And I think that comes into play in terms of Jordan Luplo, and I think it comes into play with Tyler Naquin. And so those two guys are going to take up two of those spots. So in terms of Jordan Luplo being promoted over Oscar Mercado, I think there are a couple of factors that kind of play into that, aside from just on-the-field production and how each guy is playing. Now, both guys were hitting well at AAA. Luplo has a bit of a track record at AAA, and he was sent down – and he started raking. Now, in the majors, he has not really had much success 
Um, he's still trying trying to find that. So there's a definite question mark there. But it, he was sent down uh, and and just, just hit really well. But so has Oscar Mercado. So the, some of the reasons that Luffalo may have gotten the promotion over Mercado is that Jordan Luffalo, this is his last option here. So the Indians have to figure out what they have in him mm. before the end of the season, or at least before next spring, really. Um, and I think that there's a similar situation going on with Tyler Naquin in the sense that the Indians have been giving him quite a bit of playing time, and he's played okay. He's, he's been hitting all right. Um, you know, his average has been okay. He hasn't shown a lot of power. He's got a strong arm in right field, and he's really working off of the really strong rookie campaign that he had in 2016. Now, since that time, in the two full seasons since, he struggled with consistency and he struggled with injuries. But with Tyler Naquin, the Indians need to figure out, or at least have a better standing with him in terms of what they have with him. And have a little bit more of a track record, have a little bit better of an idea of what role he can play. Because when Carlos Gonzalez was optioned up, or sorry, recalled, I thought it, there was a chance that Tyler Naquin could get optioned down just from the sense that they're both primary left-handed hitting right fielders. The Indians have chosen to continue to give Naquin at-bats. You know, he hasn't played too poorly to the point of earning a demotion, and if he is demoted, there's a good chance that it's due to things beyond his control and not related to his performance, but Oscar Mercado may force his way to the majors at some point, and the Indians may decide that, hey, having one guy in the outfield who can hit from the right side of the plate just isn't enough. Uh, You know, they're this lineup has been among the, the weaker in baseball so far this season, and one of those reasons why is that they just don't have the platoon advantage like they've had in the past, especially at the bottom part of the lineup. Uh, you know, Against a left-handed pitcher, the Indians just don't have the ability to really adjust with their roster construction like they have in the past. You know, Greg Allen was the only guy who could hit from the right side and, you know, as, as you mentioned, just wasn't providing enough offense. So now they're going to see... If Jordan Luplo can do that. But aside from that, you know, I think the Indians are just trying to figure out, as they try to win out on a daily basis, from a bigger picture standpoint, they're trying to figure out what they have in certain guys because they need to have those answers by July or, in some cases, by the end of the year. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of, of an ongoing search to figure out what they have. Um, but at this point, I think Oscar Mercado is going to be in the majors at some point this season. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, any potential uh, injury issues that might arise in the majors. And it, it might depend on just the Indians once they feel they have things figured out uh, to enough of a degree to make a move. Mm. And that'll be interesting when they when they do make it because, I'd look, Yandy Diaz might have been the mayor of Cleveland last season. Maybe Oscar Mercado can at least be the mayor of, I don't know, Parma or something in the meantime. Uh, he's, he's interesting. Uh, what what they might do with Luplo is interesting and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, again, as the outfield turns here, I feel like it's a weekly conversation for us of just the status of the outfield. It's probably the most interesting part of the team, if you ask me. But... Um, Let's go over this Houston series briefly to close this out. Again, like I mentioned at the top, the Indians split the series with the Houston Astros in Houston. Got a couple of Francisco Lindor homers in there. You got a, an unfortunate kind of uh, outing from Adam Simber, who I love watching, but I think he's a little hot and cold. And you got Carlos Carrasco on 
Sunday night looked good for a while and kind of just hit a hit a rough patch there, and that that was it. What are your what are your takeaways from this Houston series? And is, does this kind of series, a four game series at the early part of the season against a potential playoff team, carry more water than some other series the Indians will be in? Uh, you know, maybe just a little. I, I, especially if you're considering, it, it, or if you're talking about how these two teams might match up and play against one another, no, this series won't matter once mm. October rolls around. But, you know, you, this can act as a little bit of a barometer for where the Indians stand. If, you, if you're looking at not just how the Indians, uh, you know, align with the American League Central, but the American League as a whole, sure, you know, this this can be a way to kind of see how they're playing right now. And, uh, you know, the, the Indians and Astros split. Uh, I, I think this would be a tremendous postseason series. Um I think one of the interesting takeaways was from Carrasco's start and that he looked very strong through six innings, which is a good sign for the Indians after he uh, got that MRI on, on his knee. Uh, Carrasco looked really good. The things, things kind of unraveled in the seventh. And the Indians wouldn't necessarily approach you know, a game right now like they would in, in October. But, you know, in that situation, the Indians – and a lot of other teams would normally want to go to their bullpen a little bit earlier, have a little bit of a quicker hook. In October, he would. Uh, Crasco likely would have, um, you know, been on a much shorter leash, a much shorter leash in that inning. Uh, the Indians likely would have had a couple of guys warming, ready to go, ready to go in uh, a little bit sooner. But so the, the interesting standpoint is just as the Indians continue to search for reliable options in their bullpen who can they go to and who can they really count on right now mm. they've gotten some, some pretty good performances Simber has been hot and cold like you mentioned started the year really good he's had a couple of, of iffy outings recently uh, Nick Wickren for the most part has been a, a little bit of a surprise and, and, and a positive note but short of Brad Hand the Indians are still kind of working on a on an on the fly basis and finding out who they can count on the most who uh, can Sorry, who can come in with certain higher leverage situations, certain holes, and things like that. So that was one of the interesting standpoints. Because if you go back to game two of last year's ALDS in Houston, you know, one of the big debates, I guess, was how that game was managed from a bullpen standpoint and just how good Crasco had looked up to that point. But as soon as he started to look a little shaky in that game, he was pulled. Uh, and the Indians brought in Andrew Miller. Uh, that didn't really work out. The Indians also had Trevor Bauer warming. So it, it's an interesting thing to look at from a standpoint of just trying to figure out what the Indians may do, how they may approach things. Uh, but there's a long way to go until October. Um, you know, the Indians running away with this division is no longer the case. The two ends are starting to push a, a little bit more like they haven't uh, been able to the last couple of years. So there, there's a lot to figure out. I, I don't think that anything that happens in April is necessarily critical or important to October, but uh, this is a series that you could see again, and um, you know, it, as you're just looking at how things might align, uh, the Indians got uh, some pretty reliable starts out of this out of this series, and that's one thing that they'll have to count on, but, you know, the continuing themes, to be, themes continue to be uh, the outfield and the bullpen, and how the Indians um, are just trying to figure out uh, some answers that they don't, ha- they don't have yet, uh, but they, they're going to need to have uh, in the next couple of months and before July 31st. Hmm. Yeah, and again, that, that 
I mean, we're just hurtling toward that. I know it's still a while away, but it's a critical date here for the Indians, a trade deadline. Uh, the Indians now, we're, of course, we record this on Mondays. The Indians have two road games here coming up in Miami. Then they're back home for a seven-game series against the Mariners and then the White Sox. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be pretty fun to watch, I think. Ryan, do you have anything else here on leading off before we close out? No baseball. I'm just I'm trying to not unleash an hour-long Game of Thrones rant. So <laughs> we'll... We'll, we'll just cut this short. We we will cut it off there. Let's get to, out of here. Yeah, well, to avoid any spoilers from people who have not watched it yet, that is going to do it here. I'm leading off with Ryan Lewis. Make sure you're following Ryan on Twitter. He's at by Ryan Lewis, and you can find all of his work over at Ohio.com/Indians. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>